Thank you, thank you. It's so good to be back in the house. Uh, when we headed out to Kansas, Pastor uh, made a statement, and he said, uh, you, you may be leaving the house, but you're not leaving the family. And that's very much how we feel. Uh, but when you come back home, it's really interesting that your room doesn't exist anymore in the house. I got nothing no more, right? It is really great to be here this morning. Don't you just love our pastors? Come on. So faithful. Such an honor. I love you both dearly. I told our, our, our team back in Kansas, I said, um, I can't wait for you to meet them one day. I said, everything good in me uh, is his fault. And everything that you don't like in me, it's probably a little his fault too. Uh, but we're really thankful for the relationship and being back here. It's great. Well, are you ready for the word? Come on, let's get your Bibles out. We're going to go to, Pro, or, uh, excuse me, James chapter 1. We'll get to Proverbs 1 in a minute. But James chapter 1, we're continuing this series entitled The Father. And I want to bring a message today entitled The Wisdom of the Father. The Wisdom of the Father. James 1 Starting in verse 2, this is what it says. Consider it pure joy. Consider it pure joy. I love it because that would include that there's something that is less pure in joy. I think there's something called a counterfeit joy that many people walk around with. You know, counterfeit joy that, that ebbs and flows based on your circumstance. Counterfeit joy that only shows up when you feel like things are going good. But God is telling us there's, there's, a, there's a pure joy that we could tap into, that we could grab a hold of, that we could have a part of our life. Consider it pure joy, he says, brothers and sisters, whenever you face trials of many kinds, because we know that the testing of your faith produces perseverance. So let perseverance finish its work so that you and I, may be mature, lacking nothing, not lacking anything, not lacking. Let patience, let perseverance have its complete work. Don't stop short of the work God's doing in your life, even if it gets a little tough. Don't settle for comfort when God is asking you to live based on some convictions. Don't do it. He says, keep going and let it have its perfect work so that you will not lack anything. But if you happen to lack some wisdom, verse 5, just ask God. Would anybody be willing to admit that you're lacking a little wisdom? Maybe for your neighbor, you could admit that your neighbor is lacking some wisdom, that you're sitting there. We often lack wisdom. I think it's good to be able to admit that you need some wisdom. I hear admitting it is the first step to receiving it. Right? If any of you lacks wisdom, let him ask God, who gives generously to all without finding fault. And it will be given to you. I love that. God's going to give it to you generously, and he's not going to shame you in the process. Not going to make you feel like an idiot because you didn't know. Something that you should have known, but you don't know. You ask about it. You learn about it. He still doesn't shame you. And you're like, why don't you know that yet? You should figure that out by now. No, you don't get any of that from our Father. He's a good God who graciously wants to give you wisdom in numerous amounts just because you asked. 
without finding fault, and it will be given to you, verse 6. But when you ask, you must believe and not doubt, because the one who doubts is like a wave of the sea, blown and tossed by the wind. That person should not expect to receive anything from the Lord. Such a person is double-minded and unstable in all that they do. I think some of us are living unstable, but God wants us to live solid, steady, committed, full of conviction kind of lives. Amen? And the wisdom of God is available to us. Would you pray with me this morning as we jump into this? Father, I thank you for your word. It's alive. It's, it's here. Lord, we know your presence is here. God, I pray for each of my friends here in this room. I pray that together, Lord, as we explore your scriptures, you would speak life to us. Let it be a life-giving experience today. Lord, I pray that we would discover Jesus in new ways, fresh ways, clear ways. God, I pray that we would have eyes to see, ears to hear, and may our hearts be wide open and ready to receive, God, what you personally want to say to us. Holy Spirit, we invite you to take the words that come out of my mouth Tailor make them for every heart and every life and every situation as you see fit. We love you, Jesus, and we give you praise. In your name we pray. And everybody said, amen. My wife and I, we've been married for 15 years. And before we got married, there was something that I was really, really good at that once we got married, all of a sudden, the ability completely left me. Are you ready for it? Before we got married, I used to be really good at navigating and finding my way around directions. I was really good. I mean, I, I had a photographic memory. I could remember every turn where I needed to go. But all of a sudden, when I met my wife and we started riding in the car together, I quickly learned that I didn't know anything. I probably was just so smitten with her beauty and intoxicated with her love that I just completely went absent-minded on where things, where things went. No, the truth be told, she is quite good with directions, way better than I ever was, and she's really, really great. Just last night, we were walking around downtown Charlotte with some friends, and uh, she was the one leading the way, telling us where, where to go. I've been blessed with what Pastor Dale calls a nagavator personal navigation systems, right? But, but truth be told, uh, we've taken it to a whole nother level, Pastor. It's a whole nother level because I now have a navigator in training in my house, right? Let me show you this picture. We took it on the way here. This is my wife and our oldest daughter, Alyssa. Every stop along the way between Kansas and North Carolina, we stopped to get a map. Y'all, like, they read maps for fun, I got a lot of things I like to do for fun. <laughs> Maps isn't one of them. They love to navigate and find, find some maps. Uh, can I show you some more pictures of my family? Would that be good? I'm, I'm glad you gave me permission. Let me show you this. This is my wife and kids. This is in front of our house there in Fort Scott. Man, I've been so blessed with some great kids. Let me show you this next one. This is a real great picture of our oldest, Alyssa. She's getting ready to go into the sixth grade, which is just mind-boggling because she was all of four months old when we stepped foot on this campus for the first time. So that's pretty wild. Here's my son, Micah. He is full of life, energy, and everything. Uh, he's a bundle of joy. He's going into the second grade this year. He's fun and smart and good-looking like his dad. Uh, let's go to the next picture. Uh, this is my sweet cuddle bug right here. This is Annalise Mariah. She is five years old, starting kindergarten, and will rule the world one day. Uh, she's a joy. This next picture we just took on 
uh, at the beach. We had some fun uh, in the sun with our family. That's why this beautiful golden tan that you see up here, that's right, that was from the beach. You don't get this tan in Kansas, friends. No, 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 that's only from, from the beach. Uh, we love pastoring in Fort Scott. Let me show you a picture of our facility. This is our church building. Uh, fun story about our church building it was originally constructed to be a steakhouse and western dance hall. It was called the Branding Iron, and there are brands of iron all through every wall in the entire facility. No lie. Uh, in fact, the bar is still in the back of our sanctuary. We have communion on tap. Come on, Jesus. <laughs> Revival breaks out on the first Sunday of every month. Woo! We, uh, here's the next picture. This is just taken uh, earlier this year at one of our services. Uh, so you kind of get a glimpse of where we're at. Uh, a year and a half ago when we moved to Fort Scott to Pastor Faith Church, they were, uh, we were right around uh, 110 people. Uh, that's everybody that lived and breathed. If there was a cockroach, we counted it. Uh, a lizard, they, they counted salvation. I see that hand right like that was it. This past Easter, we, we got to, to, to love on 320 people uh, that came through our doors that Easter. This year alone, in the, first, in the first five months of the year, we've already seen 35 people say yes to Jesus uh, just this year. And so God's doing some really fantastic things. Uh, we're in the middle of a, uh, just started a building project and campaign where we are giving. We sit on eight acres right off the highway, uh, completely debt-free. And uh, we're believing to build this next 350-seat sanctuary completely debt-free as well. Come on, God's moving. But one thing is for sure, I am in a season of life where I need wisdom like never before. But I don't need my wisdom. I don't need wisdom from a self-help book. I need the wisdom of the Father. You need the wisdom of the Father. We all need the wisdom of God. And the stakes are much higher than going the wrong way on the freeway. That's good knowledge and good wisdom to have, but the stakes in your life are much higher than just going the wrong direction on a freeway. Your marriage depends on you having good wisdom. Your financial outlook depends on you using godly wisdom. Your, your parenting skills deeply rely on having wisdom that exceeds your own. You and I, the stakes are high for us in life, and we want to live life well, therefore we need God's wisdom. And God says he wants to give it to us. The Father graciously and generously makes his wisdom available to you and to me. He is gracious to give it, and he is generous in the way he goes about it. I want you to think about this. We serve a God that is all-knowing. There has never been a thought that has ever occurred to him. He's never learned anything new. He never wakes up in the morning and says, I just had a thought. It just occurred to me. Like, nothing that doesn't happen to him. He knows it all, and he has generously and benevolently said, if you ask for wisdom, I'll give you some of mine. Because he wants your life to live in a stable, steady way. The book of James is full of wisdom, but it's not the only book in the Bible that has great wisdom. The book of Proverbs, book of Ecclesiastes in the Old Testament, great sound wisdom. 
that you can find. In fact, Proverbs is described as a manual for skillful living. A manual for skillful living. Proverbs chapter 1, if you got a copy of the scripture, let's, let's look at it together, whether it's digital or you've got it in print. Let's look at the scripture in Proverbs chapter 1. It'll be up on the screen as well. Proverbs 1, I want to read it to you, though, out of the message translation. Listen to these words. These are the wise sayings of Solomon, David's son, Israel's king, written down so we'll know how to live well and right, to understand what life means and where it's going, a manual for living, for learning what's right and just and fair, to teach the inexperienced the ropes and give our young people a grasp on reality, Young people, that's good news for you. There's something here also for the seasoned men and women. Still a thing or two for the experienced to learn. So whether you would consider yourself young, experienced, or well-seasoned, there's something in the book of Proverbs and in God's wisdom just for you. If there is breath in your lungs, then there's still a purpose for your life. Therefore, we still want to hear God's wisdom on how to do that well. And he does this, I love this last part, still a thing or two for the experience to learn. Fresh wisdom to probe and penetrate the rhymes and reasons of wise men and women. I love that it says it's a manual for skillful living. Have you ever seen somebody do something and they were unskilled at that? Have you ever seen that? Uh, I think that's why they call it driver's ed. They got these big yellow stickers on their car that says student driver so that everybody on the road knows somebody behind the wheel is unskilled at something they need to be very skilled at. I think there's a reason why haircuts at a cosmetology cosmetology college are cheap. They're still learning the skill. You're not going to have to pay full price for that because you might end up with an unskilled cut. And then you look like my friend Rodney over here, right? I mean, come on, it's just beautiful, shiny. God wants you to live life in a skilled way, not unskilled. He doesn't want you bumbling through life. He doesn't want you breaking things as you go. He wants you to live life, live it well, live it on purpose, live it full of joy, full of peace, provided that he brings provision that he brings into your life. God wants you to live life well. He wants you to win at life, not lose. He wants life to be a joy, not a sorrow. And he says, I want to give you the skills you need, but in order for me to give you the skills that you need, there's something you've got to do in the process. See, each season of life will require some new skills. Every season that you go through will require some new wisdom to be gained so you can accurately and skillfully live in that season of your life. When you're a teenager, you need certain skills for life. When you're in college, you need another set. When you get start a career, you need a new set. When you get married, another set of skills. When you go to uh, have children, another set. When you start having grandkids and you start financial planning, and, and it goes on and on. In every season of life, you need a new skill. There's new wisdom that God wants to give you to help you get to this place. So the question is, how? Can we find this wisdom? How can we increase our skills? Well, let me uh, take some time and answer that for you. 
uh, in the next few minutes that we have together. If you take a note, I want you to write this down. The wisdom of the Father is learned through walking in His will. The wisdom of the Father is learned through walking in His will. When you walk in God's will, He ushers you to, his de- to, a, to, to your destiny. When you are walking in God's will, you're walking according to His character. When you're walking in God's will, you're walking according to his desires. When you walk in God's will, you're walking according to his ways. You're walking in his plan and his purpose. We want to walk in the will of God. And when you're walking in the will of God, you will begin to learn some of the wisdom of God. It's like when we realign ourselves to God's will versus our will. Did you know you have a will? And it likes to go its own way. But every once in a while, you need to bring that back into alignment with his will. And when your will becomes his will, you'll begin to walk in the wisdom of God in a whole new way. You'll begin to see it in a fresh way. I love how Proverbs 1 frames it. It says, pay close attention, my friends, so that uh, and listen to what your father tells you. Never forget what you learned at your mother's knee. Wear their counsel like flowers in your hair, like rings on your fingers. Dear friends, if bad companions tempt you, don't go along with them. And he goes on to list ways in which uh, you might be led astray by other people, brought about to do a will, do actions, live a certain way that is contrary to God's ways. And at the very end, he sums it up real well. He says, yes, that's what these people are doing. They're doing themselves in. They're doing themselves in. People who live according to their own will, to their own wisdom, their own insight, their own way of thinking, man, they're going to end up doing themselves in and ruining life. Life will be unskilled for them. But that's not how God wants you to live. He wants you to have wisdom, and you will find wisdom when you start walking in the will of God. The question then becomes, how do we walk in the will of God? Well, I believe that the will of the Father is heard through the reading of his word. If you want to hear what God's will is, if you want to learn what God's will is, you're going to have to start opening God's word because his word is his will. You want to know who God is? Start reading the word. You want to know the character of God? Start reading God's word. You want to know and gain some insights and wisdom for your life? Start reading God's word. God's word is what reveals who he is. God's word instructs us, teaches us something new. It trains us, helps us get better at doing things. He's going to train you how to be a good parent when you start getting into God's word. He wants to uh, correct us. Sometimes our attitude needs to be corrected, and it's his word that will bring that correction. It's God's word that will encourage us and equip us. I love how Proverbs chapter 2 says it. Helps us gain this idea that God's word is something that we need to hear. And it brings about wisdom. Proverbs chapter 2 verse 1 says, Good friend, take to heart what I'm telling you. Collect my counsel and guard them with your life. Tune your ears. Tune your ears. Why? Because faith comes by hearing. And hearing what? God's word. So tune your ear to the world of wisdom, God's word. Set your heart on a life of understanding. That's right. If you make insight your priority and you won't take no for an answer, searching for it like a prospector, panning for gold, like an adventurer on a treasure hunt, believe me, before you know it, fear of God will be all yours. You'll have come come upon the knowledge of God. 
And here's why God gives out wisdom free in plain spoken and knowledge and understanding. He's a rich mind. God, your father, is a rich mind of common sense for those who live well. A personal bodyguard to the candid and sincere. He keeps his eye on all who live honestly and he pays special attention to his loyally committed ones. It's like every time you go to God's word, what he's saying, what the author is saying, it's like panning for gold. You're sifting through your own perspective to discover a heavenly understanding. Every time you go into God's word and you start reading, it's helping you decipher and go on an adventure to where you start following after God and you start walking in steps of faith and obedience to what God is teaching you to do. And as you begin to do that more and more, God's wisdom begins to unfold in this scene in your life. Why? Because if you want to walk in the wisdom of God, that means you've got to start walking in the will of God. And if you're going to walk in the will of God, that means you've got to first hear the will of God through his word. It all connects. God's word reveals his will, which helps you live out his wisdom. It's all connected. It's all connected together. But it's not just about hearing God's word. It's not just about hearing and reading the word. That's going to introduce you to some truths, introduce you to some wisdom. But wisdom is not just mere insight. No, Wisdom is insight that you have chosen to install into the operation of your life. In other words, when you begin to apply the word of God, it reveals the wisdom of God and others will see it. Wisdom isn't knowledge. Wisdom isn't book smarts. Wisdom isn't an education. Wisdom is when you take those insights and actually apply them to your life. You have to install them and integrate them into the operating system of your life. You've got to apply what God's word says. I think there was a man. He was really wise. His name was Jesus. And in Matthew chapter 7, he says that anybody who hears these words and actually does them, applies them, installs them into your life, is like a person who builds his life on the rock. But anybody who just hears the word and never applies the word, he's a fool building his life in a sandbox. And you can become a sandcastle king if you'd like, but one day you'll find that your kingdom comes crumbling down because you only heard something that was good. You never began to live out something that's good. Hearing God's word is great. Applying God's word is better. Applying God's word is better. You know, if uh, when we moved into our house, we bought a, a bookcase. It was like a nine-square by nine is so nine different squares all put together for one big box that's supposed to float on the wall. Looks really cool on display. And uh, we brought it home, right? And uh, unboxed everything and started looking at the instructions, and they were all in hieroglyphics. All pictures, no instructions. Oh, you shop at IKEA too. Yeah. Those Swedish people, God bless them. I'm sitting there, and for somebody who is, we'll call it uh, tool-challenged, uh, as I am, the wisdom of God doesn't show up when I grab a tool. 
right? Like, I'm not real good with those things. We start putting this thing together and tightening this, but you can't tighten it too tight yet because you got to tighten this part over here. And so I'm putting together this nine boxes into one big box that they call a bookshelf and trying to make it steady and sturdy. And I'm reading these instructions and trying to get it. And my loving wife is just so helpful and pointing things and helping me understand some things. And uh, to be to truth be told, it's better if I stand off to the side encouraging her and and she has the tools building it because that's better gift mix for us. I'm good with words. She's good with tools. But somehow the roles were reversed this day. And we started putting this thing together. And as we put it together, I noticed that it had a little bit too much of a wobble to it. So I had to go back through, read the instructions, figure out what I missed, what I didn't do, the step that I didn't apply, and I had to go back and reapply it so that the bookcase was less wobbly and more sturdy. Anybody tracking with me yet? Are you ready to make an application for your life? Many of us have read and heard the instructions from God for a lot of years, but life is still a little wobbly. It's a little shaky a little unsteady at certain times, relationships move around a little bit, a little too much wobble in your life. And what we've got to do is go back and recognize that there were some instructions that we didn't fully apply. And we've got to start fully applying those instructions to our lives so that our life begins to get a little more steady. See, we read in God's word that says that if you want to walk with God, you need to be a person of forgiveness. But we don't like to forgive all the time. So we forgive when it's convenient. Then years down the road, we wonder why our heart is so broken and every relationship has fallen apart. It's because we didn't go back and actually live the way God said to live in that relationship. We get frustrated because our finances aren't in a good place and we hear God's word that says, put me first, test me, try me, do this, 10% first to God before anything else and I will open the windows of heaven. And we hear 10% and we're like, I like 4%. And we apply it in our own way and we don't fully apply what God says, but then we get frustrated when our life's not working the way that the manual says it should look. The pictures don't line up. We've got to go back, friends. What steps have we skipped? What instructions did we not actually follow through on? What application have we not done so that we can get our life sturdy again? James says it like this. If you're lacking wisdom, ask God. And he'll give you the wisdom that you need to study out your life. But, but many of us, he says this, he goes on to say it. If you remember at the beginning, we read it. He says, but when you ask, don't doubt. Trust God that he's going to give you the answer. Let me, let me come at that another way. It's not that we doubt that God's going to respond. It's that we doubt what he says is actually true. So we readjust the instruction. And all of a sudden, the Bible says, in that moment, we've got doubt because we're hearing God say one thing. We're doubting that that's actually going to work. We do it our way, and all of a sudden, we become unstable, double-minded, tossed back and forth like waves, unstable in all our ways. Why? Because we got too much wobble, and we need to go back and add some more application. Is this helpful? Are you tracking? 
God wants you to win at life. He wants you to be skillful in your marriage, skillful in your work environment, skillful when you're raising your kids, skillful when it comes to relationships in your neighborhood. He wants you to be skillful and win. And he's given you the manual to do it. It's just up to you to read it and apply it and start walking in those things. One of my favorite verses growing up was Luke chapter 2, verse 52. I remember reading it when I was a young boy, and it became one of my instant favorites. Luke 2, 52 says this, And Jesus grew in wisdom, in stature, character, and favor with God and man. In other words, as Jesus developed his character, and Jesus developed in wisdom that only comes from God, favor with every person that he met was the result. I remember reading that, and I, and I said, God, I want to have that kind of wisdom in my life. I want to grow in wisdom. I want to grow in wisdom. I want to grow in character. God, let me have godly character like you, Lord. I want to grow in character. I didn't, I didn't, I don't, I don't have a master's degree. Some other people that I know, they worked hard. They got themselves a master's degree, and I couldn't be more proud. You want to know another secret? I don't even have a bachelor's degree. I, I don't. But you know what I, you want to know what's helped me in my life? I read God's word. I submitted to his word. I applied God's word. I grew in godly character. And as I grew in wisdom and character, I found favor with man and with God. The gifts that God has given me have taken me to places that I never thought I'd be. I didn't write the script for my life, but God did. God did. And I decided long ago that if I will become a person who says, God, show me your wisdom, I will apply it to my life. It develops godly character in me, and then I will walk in the favor that God has ordained for my life. Friends, if you are lacking wisdom, all you have to do is ask. And when you ask, believe it. Believe that what he says is true. Actually begin to live it out. And as you actually begin to live it out, you'll see transformation in your life. In every single arena of your life, it works that way. Jesus grew in his wisdom. You want to know how he grew? I think the key is found a couple of verses earlier in Luke chapter 2. You remember the story in Luke 2? Mary and Joseph and Jesus all had gone to Jerusalem for a feast. And Jesus at age 12, before he had hit puberty... Before he started to get real mustache, it was all peach fuzz, Jesus. No hair under there, Jesus. Voice cracking, Jesus. That Jesus, at age 12, had gotten himself separated from his family. And they were frantic. They were looking at everyone. Where'd he go? Where'd he go? Where'd he go? And they went back to Jerusalem, backtracked their steps. And there they were in Jerusalem. And they found him. As a 12-year-old, you know where they found him? They found him in the temple. 
They found him in God's house. Listening to the word of God being taught by the teachers. Jesus discovered that having a teachable spirit will unlock new wisdom. Jesus discovered that having a teachable spirit would open up new character within him. Jesus discovered that when you go about the Father's business, the Father takes care of your business. I wonder if some of us might be too consumed with our own business, our own way, our own agenda, our own ideas, our own ideology, our own perspective, our own political views. We're so consumed with our own business that we have missed being about the Father's business. I believe that there is a level of wisdom that God wants to give to us when we make a decision to be about his business before our business. I've spent much of my life just trying to be teachable, wanting to learn from the people that God has placed in my life, people like Pastor Dale. Learn from their wisdom. Learn from the things that God has given to them hopes that I can grab a hold of it. Friends, if any of you lacks wisdom, let him ask. Asking pushes you in a posture to be teachable, to learn, to grow in wisdom and character and favor. God wants you to live life well. I don't always know how to do same things. You probably don't always know how to do some things. But if you're anything like me, you really want to work hard to try and learn, to discover how to do it, to grow in your ability. And in order to do that, you know you're gonna learn and you're gonna fail and you're gonna have to pick yourself up and you're gonna have to keep going. That's called perseverance. That's called perseverance. You're not gonna learn it the first time. You may not get it all right the first time around. You might try and be obedient to God in something and you completely, it falls apart. It's not working. You're praying, but it doesn't seem like God's answering your prayers. You're starting to give, but you're not seeing money show up in your mailbox and you're wondering what's going on. It's called perseverance. Let perseverance have its complete work. Patience. Why? Because there's a pure joy awaiting you when you choose to not bail on your convictions for comfort and God can produce something of substance in your life. Count it joy when you face trials of any kind because God's developing some perseverance in you. And if you let him develop perseverance, you won't lack anything. But if you bail on the perseverance, then you're gonna lack some wisdom. And if you lack that wisdom, go ahead and ask God for it. So if you found yourself in a place where you know you've bailed on some of God's will, you've bailed on some of the things that God has for you, it's time to stop, repent, and say, God, give me your wisdom. I want to persevere. I want to press through. God has wisdom waiting for you so that you can live life skillfully. You can grow in wisdom when you apply God's word. When you apply God's word, you will find yourself walking in his will. 
And when you walk in his will, others will begin to see the wisdom of God through your life. Because it's not just about you living skillfully. It's about us helping other people live skillfully too. That's called discipleship. And that's what God's after. God wants you to live well. He wants you to be skilled and win at life. And he wants you to do it in a way that helps other people become skilled and live well in their life. And the wisdom of the Father is what we need to do that. Will you stand with me? I want to pray for us today. Would you bow your heads, close your eyes just for a minute. And today, to be honest, I really felt to just have you ask the Holy Spirit one question. Holy Spirit, what are you saying to me today? Maybe there's an area in your life that's wobbly. And it's time to go back, discover some convictions and steady that up. Maybe it's time to go back and reapply or finally apply some instructions that God's been given to you, but you haven't been applying those areas. His truth, his word to those areas of your life. Maybe it's time to go back and apply those things. What is the Holy Spirit saying to you? Would you just whisper that prayer? Holy Spirit, what are you saying to me today? Go ahead, you whisper it right there. Father, we want to hear you today. Father, we want to learn from you today. Father, we want to humble ourselves, remove our arrogance, and say, teach us something, Holy Spirit. God, rather than repeating the same thing again and finding failure again and again, Lord, we want to lean into your wisdom that is found in your word, which will help us walk in your will and live skillful lives full of heavenly wisdom. Lord, I thank you for the things that you spoke to us today. Seal them in our hearts. God, I pray a blessing on this house. That this house would be a house full of wisdom. This house would be a house full of skillful people. This house would be a place where your presence is welcome, your power is on display, and your word is alive. God, we thank you that we would be people like Jesus who would grow in wisdom and character and stature and favor, God, with you and with others around us because we're living, teachable, wise lives. We thank you for it. In the name of the Father who loves us, in the name of the Son who showed us what love is and died for us. In the name of the Holy Spirit, who's with us each and every day, we pray.